welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Kevin Durant's hatred of the Brooklyn Nets at this point. It is just guns blazing left and right. We don't know what the situation is. All we know is that Kevin Durant wants out, and it's probably not going to happen. Dude, I have no idea what he's doing at this point. I mean, demanding that your coach and your GM get fired pretty ridiculous if you ask me and you know like that wasn't his initial want because that's what he would have said originally but he asked for a trade and he wants a trade we'll see if it happens it's a crazy saga at this point we'll get into it a little bit more later if we want to because you know there are some trades still in the market raptors are still potentially in the mix but you know scotty barnes not available obviously but Let's talk about our taste, because it's been a few weeks. This man went on vacation, had his best honeymoon life. I'm over here just living my best brand new puppy life, but we dropped the ball. We dropped the ball hard. We both absolutely did not come through on our takes, and starting with me at least, you know, PJ Tucker, he went to the 76ers. We all knew it was going to happen. Hey, he picked a team where, you know, they're strong contenders in the East. You had a strong contender in the East. Who, who could blame you, you know? I mean, we all make mistakes um just like Jalen Brunson man going to the Knicks like what a mistake my friend um he might be you know the man there and and get to be in the mecca of basketball but at the end of the day I really think he should have gone to the heat if he was serious about winning because that that would have been a stellar team that's the thing the heat are in a weird situation they've kind of been like involved in talks but not really involved in talks but Jalen Brunson let's just roll right into it let's talk about this Knicks team I mean, they got their guy. At the end of the day, we can say that they got their guy. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, Jalen Brunson has the opportunity to be good for this team. But will he be franchise changing? Will he be Julius Randle? Like, no. that's the interesting point that the Knicks have to figure out now. Oh, man, I honestly don't think that Jalen Brunson is going to make that big of a difference for this franchise. Um, you know, people are talking about, oh, they haven't had an elite guard in forever it's like they still don't have an elite guard guys um I, I mean a guy who averaged 16 points a game is pretty good uh but when you like take into consideration that the dallas mavericks are only a point better with him per 100 possessions um it's it's not great right like his defense is very very questionable um he is a good offensive hub and I really think that he got paid on what he did in the Utah series where, you know, Luca wasn't around. They needed a guy to step up and Jalen Brunson was that guy. But at this point, man, like if you're trying to win championships, he can't be your number one option or even your number two option. And that was proven because look, man, the Knicks have nobody like Luca. Absolutely not. And it's Jalen Brunson, right? Like for the Knicks to get a guy like him without having to give up assets, I mean that's a win when you look at it in that in that singular scope, right? But you have to think about everything around it now. And will this team be relevant? Are people that amped for Jalen Brunson? I know Knicks fans are. Come on, you know the double overtime win of the beginning of last season. They were outside the Garden. Knicks are here. Like that's just the beauty of Knicks fans at this point. So it'll be interesting. I don't want to, you know be completely down on this situation because Jalen Brunson now has the opportunity to prove himself with the big shining lights of New York. I don't know, though. It'll be interesting if RJ lets him in, if, if that whole situation works out. The Knicks have to really figure out their future because Obi Toppin, he's, he's still... We're not sure about where his career is going to go. Honestly, man, I'm, I was looking at the advanced stats on, on Obi and I was pretty down on him. Um, you know, they, they lost Kevin Knox for nothing. Um, they lose Alex Burke and Nerlens Noel um, for cap space, really, is what they were doing it for, for Jalen Brunson. I don't know, you know, how great that roster is going to be. And if they miss the playoffs or are even in the bottom, you know, three or four of the conference, like, count me as one of the people who isn't shocked. So. I, I have a little bit more faith in them, I think. You know, I'm hoping that Jalen Brunson can unlock RJ, can unlock Cam, because they've got Cam Reddish now as well. So, I'm not going to be down on them, but I'm also definitely not putting them in the playoffs. That That is for sure. <laughs> Man, no way they're making the playoffs in that tough Eastern Conference, especially when, like, you know, Chicago's only going to be better. We saw them at the beginning of last year. They signed Zach Levine, which I was shocked, man. I thought Zach was out of there. I thought 
you know, DeMar was taking up too much of the offense and he wanted to be the, the focal point again, which, I mean, we've all seen that. It's a, it's a bottom third NBA team uh, when, when Zach Levine is your guy. But, hey, man, with Zach Levine, with, uh, you know, DeMar coming back, with Vucevic, with, you know, if Lonzo can stay healthy for the full season, we saw that they could be a very, very formidable team. Um, and even, you know, they gave Milwaukee that one game, so... You know, they could I mean, they could do something, maybe. Matt knows that I was high on the Bulls. I was sad that they weren't able to keep that chemistry because of, you know, the injuries that they were dealing with. And, you know, Bulls fans can stop sweating every night when they go to bed thinking they're going to wake up in the morning and, you know, Levine was going to be gone. He signed. He stayed. Vucevic apparently is, you know, having talks about an extension that he wants to stay, whether that's good or bad for the franchise. You have a good center, so I'm going to say good for the franchise. But if the team can stay healthy... We saw, you know, through the first 20, 30, 40 games of last year's season, they were relevant and they were around. DeMar was in the MVP race, right? So we'll see what happens for this interesting Bulls team. Dude, they need to keep Vucevic because after giving up Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Markkinen, like, they're pretty depleted on the the young up-and-coming bigs at this point. And so, I mean, they traded for Vucevic. They got to keep him at this point, especially you know what they're trying to do they're trying to win with numbers they're not trying to win with that one star which which mm-hmm. i appreciate and i think is a is a decent strategy it just hasn't been done since the 04 pistons so yeah i think hopefully they can think, do it though i think they picked up goron i think goron joined this team right they got um somebody Mediocre. else that i can't think of who who joined the squad but bro did did you just call goron important the man would have right. been on <laughs> Toronto Raptors, who were the the fifth seed, instead he went to the Brooklyn Nets, who got swept out of the playoffs as I'll give the you that. seventh seed. So important to them, maybe, maybe the fans the fans could be happy. But like, if the Bulls can stay healthy and they can figure out their rotations, they're going to be a good team. But you, you got me on Goron there. I'll give you that. Higher aspirations, you know, getting swept by the by the Celtics, right? Uh, okay, before we, before we move on, we have to talk about Bradley Beal. Obviously, this guy has decided to stay. Washington is in a good place when you consider that they could have had Westbrook right now, but they have a bunch of other assets instead, and Bradley Beal has shown his loyalty and is willing to stay for a very large amount of money. Well, yeah, when you're going to pay somebody that much money, and he that's the only place that he can get that kind of money. I understand why he took it. Um, I think it's really funny, though, that NBA fans are, like, clowning him for staying when so many NBA fans get so mad when somebody leaves. Um, you know, they're clowning Dame too. Those two guys are have been true loyal, you know, servants, I guess, of, of their team. And servants. they well, I, I guess yeah, like it's that's, true, that's though. the yeah. expression, you know, and they come, they they do their thing, they they put up gaudy stats, um, and then you know, they don't make the playoffs. But I'd like to see Bradley Beal on a playoff team, personally. I have hopes that, you know, Bradley Beal can get a buzzer beating uh, play-in game shot to lead them in to then probably lose to Milwaukee. Like, you never know, but I would love to see, obviously, more Bradley Beal. He's a great talent, and he deserves to get to play basketball. He really does, and hopefully the Wizards can build up around him. You know, Denny Abdiya is a good player. You know, Kuzma is still Kuzma. He's been tweeting out about, uh, you know, the Raptors randomly. He's been liking all of the Rico Hines runs from the boys, so maybe there's something funny happening there. I don't know. He's probably just begging to get out of Washington, but... I want more for Bradley Beal. I hope for some good things for this team, but we will see. Yeah, man, yeah, it's definitely up in the air. And they did show improvements. I mean, I thought they were going to be a worse team last year than they were the year before. And like, it was just marginal, but with all the rotating pieces, with all the young and up-and-coming pieces, hopefully they can all take a step. Uh, uh, Roy Huchimanjira, that guy. Rui, yeah, I don't know, sorry. I don't know what's happening with Rui. His story got a little interesting at the end of the season last year. Yeah, but we'll we'll see. I mean, he could come back and and play pretty well. So they're the Wizards, though, man. Like, I ain't scared. Especially with the way the Eastern Conference is, right? The situation that we're in right now. So uh, let's let's take a little detour right now. I want to talk about LeBron James. All right, I want to talk about all this because My Matt God. and I, yeah, obviously Matt's guy over here. But we've been seeing all these clips, right? You know, there's all these pro am leagues, all these basketball. Everyone is pumped, just waiting for the season to happen. But one of the craziest crazy stories that I've heard happened just a little while ago when LeBron decides that he's going to join DeMar and go play in the Drew League, 
which, you know, it's been a very long time since LeBron would show up, and he did pretty good, you know, classic LeBron James shows up, 42 points, 16 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals, you know, a master class for such an amazing player of LeBron James caliber. Matt's probably like, I wish I got to see a game like that. The guy was probably going off offensively. It would have been great to see. But the real part of this story is the guy that he played one-on-one with all last night. This guy, Dion Wright, he's a, he's a classic NBA Twitter user. In 2011, 2012, he was, talking to, he was talking smack all over Twitter about how, you know, LeBron's not clutch, the Heat aren't going to win, he's got to go back to Cleveland, blah, 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 blah. But what, what I didn't know is that this guy's actually a good basketball player. And he put up 20 points and 6 rebounds against LeBron and DeMar. And they only lost by 2 points. Kind of crazy to see. But for LeBron to just kind of destroy this guy after, like, potentially 10 years of beef is kind of amazing. But also, well done, Dion. Good for you getting that close. Honestly, like, good for them for being within 2 points. But it's an inconsequential game. Um, I don't even think, you know, LeBron and DeMar are running it that hard. Do they want to risk injury right before the season in a pro-am game, in a Drew League game? Probably not. So, you know, I'm sure the defensive effort was very suspect. Um, and even the offensive effort, I'm sure they weren't, you know, pulling out the full bag of tricks that they have. So I mean, we got Malachi dropping 72 points, you know, in, in these games. You know, Kakuzma dropping 70 points on Scotty. Right? Like, any, anything's possible with the right players. <laughs> Scotty dropped 79 in a, in a pro-am game just recently. And at the end of the day, man, um, yeah, I love Scotty. If Scotty averages 20 points in the NBA this year, like, I'm going to be ecstatic. So uh, you can draw points if you're an It's NBA just a player. hilarious story that, like, a bunch of people are talking about right now. And I thought, like, this is kind of crazy. Like, I'm never going to tweet at any NBA player that they're not clutch or trash. Because if I met... You know, if, if I met Chris Boucher on the basketball court, he's dropping 200 points on my head, that's for sure. Easy, buddy. And, like, I maybe get four? Maybe? Oh, yeah. I'd put up, I'd put up maybe a free throw if LeBron gives me one opportunity to shoot one. Because I can shoot free throws. That's, like, <laughs> the extent of my abilities. But let's let's keep it rolling here, Matt. Let's let's talk about the Grizzlies now. One of my favorite teams. I love the Grizzlies. John Morant, Matt Nose is my favorite young player in the NBA right now. But we're not talking about Matt J. We're talking about Jaron Jackson Jr., the guy, about a month ago, he had surgery on his fractured foot. He's going to be out three to five months still from now, so he's going to miss the start of the season. Now, the Grizzlies had a crazy run, Matt. They they brought themselves into relevancy. Jaw took his college boys-like atmosphere around him. You know, Taylor Jenkins deservingly took that team decently far and had a great regular season and a good playoff close to it. You have to say that, right? You know, losing to the eventual champions. So, Matt... Are you excited for the Grizz? Do you think they can keep this relevancy up? Will it hurt to miss Jaron Jackson Jr.? That's a given. Like, what's your thoughts? <laughs> well, obviously it's a given to miss Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, it's definitely going to, you know, slow their start. Um, you know, if he takes the full five months, it's going to be December, but he could come back, you know, at the very beginning of the season in October. They don't normally start until mid-October, so... He's got some time, you know, athletes heal nowadays really quickly with modern medicine. It's pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, man, I think your Grizzlies are legit. I think at the end of the day, what they proved in the playoffs, uh, not having John Morant and what they, they beat Golden State by what, 50 points or something like that, 59. Um, and so when you can do that, obviously Golden State expected them to roll over and, and just kind of give them the game and, and they yep. didn't show up prepared. So they eventually won the series obviously and you know are the the champions but i think that what they're doing the way that they're building their team the players that they picked up you know having desmond bain as your you know second secondary point guard is just unfair at this point because like i would like desmond bain as as our like maybe primary point guard as much as i love fred van bleek Desmond Bain to Matt is John Morant to me, just so everyone can figure that out right now. <laughs> He's not, man. He's just the one who got away, okay? I love this man on the Raptors squad right now over Malachi Flynn. Um, but yeah, man, I think I think they're a really exciting young team in the NBA. I think last year proved that they're going to be around for a, for a while as long as they can keep this young core together. And, you know, I haven't even talked about our Canadian boys, which I love. You know, I, I love Brandon Clark and I love Dylan Brooks. I think they bring a lot to the table. Um, they're underrated players for sure. And, and I think Memphis is going to have 
another legit season. And if you think about the fact that Phoenix is probably going to take a step back this year, um, Golden State's still going to be Golden State. Um, Dallas, we'll see how you know the Christian Wood for Jalen Brunson thing kind of works out. Yeah, you know, I Memphis being in the top three of that conference, I it does it wouldn't surprise me. So, and when you you know confirm that they'll for sure be a top six and five because when you go down the list and you think further, can the Clippers beat them? Is that big three going to be worthwhile? Maybe, right? Can they stay the healthy? Nuggets? The Nuggets are are they going to stay healthy? Right? Are the Lakers going to show up? Right? Like. The West is, it's got a couple of teams that can figure it out, but I think the Grizzlies, through what they showed last year, and John Morant getting over that second-year hump and getting into the relevancy that he was and having the confidence of that team behind him, I think we've seen a team that looks like they want to be a top-six team in the West, you know, out of the play-in, for the next maybe five years if they do it right. Well, I think when you have a player like John Morant, like, that should be the bare minimum, right? And the players that they have around him, I think they have one of the the deepest rosters uh, in the NBA. Now they did give up some of that depth, um, you know, to to Philadelphia. I, I think they stole, uh, forget his name, but it'll come to me eventually. Uh, D Anthony Melton, Milton. Oh yes, Melton is gone. I believe you're right. Yes, yeah, yeah and yeah, he yeah. he so was serious. a very very resourceful and, and underrated player on that team. But again, I think they they've got enough around Jaw and Jaron Jackson Jr. and that the continued development of their younger players, specifically those two guys who are extremely young, um, the sky's the limit for this team. They could easily be like, you know, the the Golden State Warriors in in seven years. So, I'm I'm glad we're on the same page there because I'll talk about the Grizzlies all season long. They're going to be one of those teams that I'm excited to talk about, excited to watch as well, right? Like, when I think about the Western Conference teams, they're exciting to me, right? Like, every, everyone else that's really up there, you, we've seen it before, or it's just good basketball play. The Grizzlies have that little little edge of excitement, and John Morant really is the driving force for that. Yeah, and I, I think in the West, there's just a little bit more unknown. Um, there's a lot more continuity in the East. We know a lot of about what the good teams are going to look like. But, I mean, you've got, you know, the Grizzlies who came out of nowhere last year, the Pelicans who have Zion coming back and, and that weight clause. Amazing and, contract clause. Honestly, if you're the Pelicans, you're just protecting yourself and your asset, right? Because uh, I you brought this up previously, and I really like the idea of it, is if, you know, Zion is at that line and he's out on on the town and, you know, they're, they're going out and maybe having a couple drinks or maybe going out for a late-night snack, is he thinking to himself, like, is this burger going to cost me $10,000? And that is a good thought to put in the most important player on your team's head, especially when weight is probably his primary issue in the NBA, like in terms of like what he can do and who he is. The only thing that's stopping him from, from being, I think, a top five player in the NBA currently is the fact that he can't stay on the court. And we want it for the Pelicans. Matt might even, like, he would sell his pinky finger to see the Pelicans in the playoffs. This man loves Zion. So I'm hoping for, for more for the future from this team. I'm also a Brandon Ingram guy. Like, I think that he showed a lot last year, too. CJ McCollum, like, that team is going to be really good, I think, this year. But then again, like, like you mentioned, the Clippers are going to be back. Can the Lakers figure it out? Um, how much did the Suns take a step back? Um, and then you got to throw in the Wolves, man. Like My sleeper team. Everybody's sleeper team at this point. Like They trade for Rudy Gobert. I didn't love the trade, personally. Uh, but the, we my, favorite, my favorite joke that I have read about the Rudy Gobert trade is that Rudy Gobert is going to go down in history as the greatest defender the NBA has ever seen. Not only is he a three-time defensive player in the year, but he shut the entire world down with his antics, and then he shut down the entirety of this NBA offseason after his trade. Kevin Durant can't get traded. Mitchell can't get traded, all because this guy got traded for five first-round picks? Like, it is insanity on one hand but on the other hand i do really like rudy gobert on this team man i really do i okay i agree with you i think that he and cat are kind of like the perfect complements to each other right cat is such an offensive big um can score at all three levels um and is, is you know probably the most versatile big outside of nikola Jokic in the nba yes um 
where he struggles is is post defending is paint defending it's that's his major issue well you just inserted the premier nba paint defender who struggles on offense so you theoretically would think they would match you know each other and be able to hide each other's flaws i just i think they're gonna be a good regular season team i just don't know what it's gonna come down to in the playoffs and And that is the question right that's why like i don't give up all those first round picks personally it's why we didn't want to give up all the first round picks for him because yes would he have come in and been great yes because he allows you to not take away the ball out of the hands of your players that want to get 20 points that want to try to score 25 points in the night right that's what's really good for ant-man that's what's really good for cat and will it be good for russell we're gonna find out right like that's the interesting point of this team they've got a lot of options right and the question though the reason the concern is there and why people aren't high on them yet is well is the regular season thing a rudy gobert thing or is it a utah jazz thing where is that history going to continue because obviously if gobert can come with this team and come into a brand new system that is you know he's obviously never been a part of and he has to figure out how to make it work because utah's system has revolved around that guy for years if he can come in and they can make a splash and make a statement and utah fizzles out because maybe they trade mitchell maybe they don't and they aren't as successful the storyline changes right the subject matter changes and it's the utah playoff curse it's not the gobert situation anymore yeah i I think though that as the you know one of the primary players on that team and ha- having been on some rosters that were f- like runaway best team in the NBA, the best team in the Western Conference, and then to have the playoff failures that they do, you've got to lay it at you know the players' feet. You know they they win the games and they lose the games. The the coaching staff can only do so much. The GM can only put so many players in place it's it's got to be up to the roster that's constructed and i just think that you know the more you know you read about the trade the the 23 the 25 and the 27 are unprotected first round picks so you're looking at the next five years potentially of you know you you needing to be in the back half of the draft because giving up a top 10 pick or three top 10 picks potentially would not look good so for me, like I think that they, they're definitely gonna be in the back half of the draft. Just for how long, is gonna be the question. And then how much does he actually push them in the playoffs to actually being relevant and being a championship contender? I don't. Again, I he's the one of the premier defenders in the NBA. But he's the premier defend big like the premier big defender in the NBA right now. But. At the end of the day, I, his stats have gone down. Um, last season, his his on-off numbers got worse than they did the year before. Um, you know, this was the first year of, of his career since um, his his sophomore year that he was a negative on offense in terms of off uh, on off court. Um, he you know was eight point four points. Uh, his team defended eight point four points better with him on the court. But last year it was it was twelve point seven. So that's that's actually a, a pretty you know big drop off. He's thirty years old now. He's you know he's pushing towards that line of of you know where NBA players maybe start to break down, especially bigs. So if he's healthy and, and relevant, yeah, they're in the back half of the draft. If he's not, and that team struggles, and you're giving up top ten picks, that's the thing. And can say and can Cat stay healthy? Is Anthony Edwards going to take that step? Can Russell actually be a part of this team? Can they figure it all out? That's the question of the T-Wolves, and that's why they are a sleeper team. I'm just excited to watch it. I think I think that they're going to have some really high-flying action. Anthony, Anthony Edwards is going to love running around with this team. And I think Cat, without having to think about any type of defensive responsibilities, which he has shown he doesn't really want to think about defense as much as possible, right? So... It could be good, but I'm 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 still with you a little bit, right? Like I, I think I'm obviously I'm a little bit higher on this team than than you are, but the season is really going to show it, and we're going to be 20 games into the season, and it's it's going to be really telling, and I'm interested to see where the Wolves are going to find themselves. Yeah, man, I think like 48 wins is the floor for this team. Like I I I honestly believe with the the four players that you mentioned above filling out the roster, like they've got 
enough to be a 48 win team in the western conference it's just to me it's it's not about winning in the season like you can be as raptors fans we know it man we went through it we the lebronto years we were number one team in the eastern conference like great for us you get to hang a banner a regular season banner looks great feels good yeah it sucks come playoff time so and at the end of the day that's what fans want that's what we're chasing right and that's i guess the debate for the kevin durant trade for scotty barnes but hey man i'm glad we made our decision i'm glad that at least the conversation came out that that wasn't happening but the main reason i like the t-wolves is because i want the grizzlies and t-wolves to become a rivalry i want i want wolves versus bears to just you know, head to head all the time. I want I want to see that potentially happen. And I think John Morant and Anthony Edwards are two players that could build a fantastic rivalry that the NBA could profit off of. You know, man, absolutely. That first round series last year was, I think, one of the best first round series uh, that we got to watch. So it was it was awesome. Absolutely. I mean, let's roll along here. I'm pretty much done. Matt knows I'll talk about the Grizzlies forever, so we can we can stand here for days. But there was another big trade. You know, a guy by the name of Malcolm Brogdon, who Matt and I have always liked. I believe. I feel like we've always Matt's been always very high on Malcolm Brogdon. I believe. Dude, when they when the Milwaukee Bucks let him go for I think it was like a first round pick or something, I was floored because at the end of the day, a first round pick has to materialize into something like it has to become Malcolm Brogdon it has to become you know a player of substance Malcolm Brogdon for all of his flaws on you know offense or maybe athletically he's a heck of a defender he's a unrated underrated playmaker he gets to the basket very very often and can create for his teammates from that position he collapses the defense and knows how to utilize it. I just, to me, I would have, you know, liked to see him still with Milwaukee. And then for Indiana to give him up for basically spare parts. I mean, I think the the two flyers are really the first round pick from the Celtics, which you know is going to be in the back half again, because they're not taking a step back. Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum are only going to get better. And Aaron Naismith who maybe he's being underutilized in Boston. Maybe he was being underdeveloped because, you know, they're not really focusing on him. They don't need him to be, you know, at that level. They've got two players at that level. So maybe, you know, those are the two things that work out. But, man, Pacers, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a it's a great pickup. Celtics getting better. Cry tears over here. Dang it, Boston. But, you know, it, it is what it is, right? That, you know, we have to deal with the Eastern Conference being good. And if you want to be the best team, you got to go through the best teams. And the Celtics are in that situation. Are they going to go for the KD trade? Are they not? Who knows? We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Malcolm Brogdon is going to be a good fit. And I'm excited to see him work out and get a great opportunity to have postseason success. Because he hasn't had that, right, with the Pacers. Yeah, absolutely he hasn't had it. So I think he augments this team very well. I think he's more of the true point guard. Um, and now you can kind of, you know, use smart as the primary defender and yeah. a little bit more off ball, which smart has shown that he can catch fire from three off ball. Um, oh, yes. So I, man, I think, I think this was sneaky, sneaky, good trade for Boston. Um, inter- like I, I actually think this is probably gonna make Boston the number one team in the East next year. I mean, they're saying that Boston is going to be the number one. Everyone's talking about Boston right now, obviously, because sadly, with the passing of Bill Russell recently, it is on everyone's mind. can't believe this morning the NBA is actually going to retire his jersey league-wide. They should. Pretty insane that it's going to happen, but he was, I mean, an 11-time champion, two-time Hall of Famer, active civil rights activist. You know, he was there when they were protesting against Vietnam. He was always there he was a man and he was a legend and so rest in peace to bill russell and i'm excited to see like the tributes that we're gonna see throughout this season dude he's the true like you know everyone loves the six for six argument no no like i think he's like what 11 of 12 11 13 11 of 13 he's the true true championship goat man like to go to the finals 13 times to win it 11 times to be the the focal point on almost every single one of those teams you can't say more about bill russell man he like it was just a a tragic loss but he lived he lived a a fabulous life and you know well-deserving fabulous life for sure 
absolute goat candidate for the 60s era in his time. He was a legend. But, man, I don't really want to talk about the Celtics anymore, honestly. The Malcolm Brogdon trade is going to be great. We'll break down his success throughout the season. The rest of it doesn't matter. Will they, will they not miss Daniel Tice? We'll find out. But I want to talk about the Hawks a little bit before we move on to the Raptors real quick because the Hawks swapped Kevin Herter, which I totally forgot about. Right, and they got Mo Harkless, and they got Justin Holiday. The Hawks are trying to get back to relevancy. We talked about the Dejounte trade earlier. We talked about Trey needing to get back to relevancy. Is this a good trade? Are they going to miss him? Like Hawks, where are you? You're trying to figure it all out. Well, I I think that's the biggest issue for them. Right, is like they know that Trey Young at worst is like a top ten offensive player in this league. Like at worst, so. Yeah. Kevin Herter, like as good as he is, and like I'm a, I, you know, I'm a big Kevin Herter fan. I think that in a bigger role, he can provide more than what he has for Atlanta. Um, but I, he's mostly offense. Like he's yeah. an offensive player. He's not a, he's not necessarily a two way player. He's not definitely not a defensive player. Um, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to, um, you know, sub that out for maybe a little bit more, you know, length and grittiness on their wing spots in Mo Harkless and Justin Holiday. I know Kevin Herter's six seven, but he's he's not a wing defender yeah. uh, like those two guys are. So I think I think it makes sense for the Hawks. But I think as the Kings, like we love to rag on the Kings, man. I think this was a great trade for them. I think he one he's a great three point shooter. Um, the addition of him, Monk, the Keegan Murray uh, draft pick, like what they're building out there. You know, it, it might actually work. It might actually be worth a play-in spot, um, which is shocking for me because, you know, the Kings. Let it let it be known that I had a little indoctrination on Matt because I believe two, three weeks ago I came to this guy and I was like, yo, the Kings might actually do it this year. And by do it, I mean make the play-in. Right? Now, <laughs> the focus is the 15-year streak that they're trying to, trying to deal with to, you know, actually make the playoffs, right? Can I just interject for one second? Yeah. Craziest stat that no current NBA player has ever faced the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. Yeah. Insane, right? But they've put together a decent roster, and I'm really excited for De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to have an amazing campaign, potentially all-star worthy campaign with this team around him. He's never had this amount of spacing. He's never had this type of shooters around him. And as sad as it was to see Tyrese go, because you know that Tyrese could be maybe not a star in this league, but he's going to be a great shooter, and he's going to be a great backcourt piece for a team come down the line. He isn't the right piece around De'Aaron. So it's going to be interesting. And him and Sabonis didn't get a lot of time together, so I'm excited for the Kings, Matt. I can't believe I am, but I am excited. You know, in the back half of the year, he and Sabonis were one of the, the most threatening pick-and-roll players in the league as a duo. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with your take that, you know, yes, Tyrese Halliburton potentially could be a star. Like, he has, you know, potential. maybe that star potential. He definitely has all-star, you know, consistent-level potential. Um, and they gave up that for Sabonis. But they gave up a player who didn't work around him, you know, a guy who probably needs the ball in his hand, a guy who I think is going to be really good for Indiana on a really bad team. So we yeah. can see his stats like explode, his efficiency probably go down. Um, but I, I think that the Kings are are trying to fit with what they've got, and I think that's probably the smartest thing that they can do. But when the Kings make moves, man, I just I just think it's wrong. Have you seen those those memes of like? The team that the Kings could have if they just drafted the player after, oh, and yes. like like Clay Thompson over Luke Kennard, like there's there's so many like it's if ridiculous. Kings fans want Luca Marvin. <laughs> don't don't even bring up Luca Marvin. You're gonna you're gonna anger some Kings fans. But if Kings fans want anything right now, they want to move into the next era. They want to move away from this step. And this team, I think, for the first time in at least the time that I've been paying attention to the Kings in the past few years, I think this team has the potential to do it, to get close, to potentially get to the playoffs, which would be really exciting for Sacramento fans. Man, it'd be the most exciting thing that's happened to them in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. But so not much to say about the Hawks. Obviously, we mentioned that we think that they're trying to be relevant, and we will see, right? They really need to bounce back from where they were to where they are now. But 
I think it's almost time for Raptors chat, man. We could talk about KD a little bit if you want. Really just the fact that OG Gary Trent and a couple of picks is still the best offer unless, you know, Jalen Brown is on the table in my mind. Um, at the end of the day, man, um, we could get into it more probably next week. Uh, save us some content and we can talk about who's left on the market. Maybe there's some signings in that time. Totally. Uh, but you're right, man. Like, if we offered Pascal Siakam in a first-round pick, that's probably the best offer that they're going to get. So... And you know, I'm all in for that. <laughs> I mean, that's what Kawhi took. You know, Demar, Jakob, and a first for, you know, what turned out to be a great trade for Danny Green. Danny Money Green, the legend, who Matt knows that I love. But that, that's the thing. The market is so inflated because of Rudy that I really don't believe KD's getting a trade. So, of course, we can wait to talk about it because this is what we're here for. This is what me and Matt love to talk about. It's Raptors time, baby. And there is so much to think about right now because Scotty B, our boy, has come out swinging. The boys look good at Rico Hines. Matt, where do you want to start? Where do you want to go? I'm going to leave this up to you. Bro, it's so funny because you're like, oh, there's so much to think about. And in my head, I'm going, no, there's one thing to think about. It's his name <laughs> is Scotty Barnes. And, like, that's all that we care about. This guy is – he's showing out. Um, he's, you know, hitting half-court threes in Pro-Am games. His lift looks unbelievable. Um, I want to. I'm obviously starting with Scotty because Scotty is is our future, and it could be next season, man. He could he could be an All Star next season. He could be you know a top ten player in the Eastern Conference next season. He's got that kind of potential, that kind of motor, and that kind of willpower. Like I, I think that was at the time I thought it was a mistake, and now I just look like a fool. So and I'll admit it. We are here. I mean, that's the thing. You know, we, we all make we all make mistakes at the end of the day. But Scotty Barnes looked like he took the off season and wanted to really make use of his time. Matt joked with me after his exit interview, and he was just like, "I'm locked in. I'm ready to go." And then you know, his Instagram photos for a couple of days are just him on the beach chilling, relaxing. But he needs a vacation. That's the thing. Everyone everyone needs a vacation. This guy was living his best life over in Greece on vacation just just a few weeks ago. But you got to come back to reality, and you got to grind, and you got to work, and. For a 21-year-old kid to look the way that he does, to have proven that he's willing to work on his game, Ben Simmons fans are crying right now because, man, Scotty looks legit, and he is—he looks like he's going to come into the season ready to swing, ready to play. I'm excited. Oh, man. I am so glad that we never traded that pick um, and that we use it on Scotty because— He's going to augment our team. I've loved what I've seen in the Rico Hines run. I love that the whole team's there, too. Like, you know, OG, Delano, oh, yeah. Siakam, Gary Trent Jr. We got all the backups. You know, Chris Boucher, Coloco, Flynn, even Fred Van Vliet showed up for a little bit. I like the chemistry that I saw from them in some videos, man. Coloco and Fred Van Vliet, you know, already look like to be on the same page. And as much as, you know, Precious came out in the second half of last mm -hmm. year and really showed who he is... At the beginning of the year, he and Fred, it was hard for them to connect on a lot of lob passes. There was a lot of lobs that, that you know, yeah. missed or hit the rim or, you know, that were just poorly timed. That it seems like Coloco and Fred already got that timing down, already know when to cut, already know, you know, how to pick the defense apart, which just makes me more excited because that, that gives us roster flexibility and lineup flexibility, so that's the most important thing and that's I think the most important thing to talk about today like obviously seeing Fred and Coloco together is great it's where we can see our veteran presence of Fred knowing how to work with young talent knowing how to make things work because you know as much as we don't know a ton about basketball we, we'd like to think that we, we know a decent amount of basketball at this point and when you can see a player like Coloco providing success for a player like Fred you know that there's a dynamic there right and the Raptors culture is about bringing these guys together to work on their skills and lift them up to be a competent NBA team. And that's what we are going to see. So Matt, let's talk about, let's talk about some rotation options. Let's talk about last year. Let's talk about this year. Obviously the stats from our main squad, you know, Gary, Fred, OG, Scotty, Siakam, a plus 2.8 over 700 minutes last season kind of an insane stat obviously we were a successful team that's why we get these positives but we want to see more you know seven eight man rotations nurse is, is is bleeding these guys dry by the end of the season so we want to see more so i'm just more excited for the options that we can have as matt talked about earlier to bring in these different guys to see different rosters together and hopefully get a nine ten rotation going throughout the season yeah well i think 
one, adding Thad Young and Otto Porter Jr. into the rotation on a consistent basis is going to be huge for us. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's going to give us a lot more flexibility to slide people around. Um, we can slide Scotty more at the point. We can put Siakam more at the point. Uh, now that we've got more, even more options to give them, you know, off-court time. Um, I, I'm worried about our, our guard spots still. I know some people are high on Jeff Doughton Jr. Um, you know, maybe Delano Banton can take a step. Maybe Malachi Flynn's, you know, pro-am showing actually comes to fruition in the NBA. Um, but I'm not holding my breath, man. So for me, I think, you know, outside of that, that five man rotation that you talked about, I think a really smart idea might be to, to insert precious in at the five, uh, slide Pascal and, and, uh, Scotty over to the three, four. I might leave OG at the two. I might take him out and put Gary Trent there and, and see if I can get OG to be the, the man on the second unit. And, and be that extra scoring punch. But I know that, you know, out of the two, Gary Trenton and OG, Gary Trent's shown more as a pure scorer, as a pure, you know, microwave heater. It's going to be hard, right? Because obviously both Fred and Gary are in a contract year at this point. And Gary will want to be a starter, right? And he's probably going to be closing out games, especially when he's hot in certain scenarios. So for me, I'm kind of of the mindset that like, you know, stick to that classic starting five that you had last year. That's great. But rotate these guys out. Give us some more options, you know? Fred, Chris, Banton, Precious, and Scotty were a plus 64 together last season. Now, 19 minutes, okay? Um, <laughs> Statman over here pulling out what I like to see. But like, when, when you have Fred, Gary, Scotty, Siakam, and Precious, no OG... You have 297 minutes. You have them at a plus 14 per. That gives you the confidence that you can have when you can bring in guys like Precious. And the other really important point is OG wants to to have his show. He wants to have his time, right? That's what the conversations are. He's not happy because he doesn't have his role, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? Now that we have bench pieces, now that we have things going together, when you have to take out Pascal, when you have to take out Fred... If Scotty's maybe not having his best right night, let's let OG run the ball more. And that doesn't mean he has to be in the starting unit of that core five. It means that you can have Banton come in. You can have Otto come in. You can have Thad come in. And, and that's what we want to see more is just options. Play the guys more. Make it so that we can have three less minutes per average for our guys that are almost 30. Like, come on, nurse. Give them a little bit of break. That's what I want to see. And honestly, man, if, if Fred Van Vliet can make Coloco an actual rotational option um you know with the chemistry that Imagine. they're showing yeah. um it gives us even more options because if you could insert coloco into the starting lineup and take og out then you can run like literally like a second man five unit of og uh delano thad porter jr and precious which that's a pretty good lineup to me as a second like starting five quote unquote yeah. like you know like backup five that's that's sick and that's a 10 man deep rotation that we can go to on a consistent basis um and you know we're not even banking on you know malachi flynn maybe taking the next step or, or jeff Doughton jr being able to to crack our rotation or or justin champagne taking a, another step forward uh, in his development and maybe being you know an even more you know nba ready player so man i like it and i think that nick's nick's got way more options than he did last year for sure to be able to to mix and match we as raps fans just want bench mob to come back you know we had a special time in our lives and we got to enjoy bench mob and we have the options this year right and that's why you know people are afraid to put gary on the bench because you know G gary thrives as an off-ball shooter he thrives with good ball handlers around him that can provide him the shots that he needs and is Banton going to be that? Is Malachi going to be that? Putting OG there allows him to be more of a ball hander, to be more of an offensive showman with that second unit, right? Will we have an actual second unit from Nurse's track record? Probably not. But if we can start to have that more semblance, like there are times when none of our starters were on the court and I'm sitting there going, is Nurse okay? Like, how did this happen? How did we get here? Like, you just, you were never expecting it as a Raptors fan last season. And if we want to be the playoff successful team that is our next step, we have to get away from the winning as many possible games, winning every opportunity 
in the regular season with our guys because the Utah Jazz has proven that that means nothing, right? So I want to see more from everybody on this team. I want to see a 10-man roster if we can make it happen regularly throughout the season. Dude, we, I mean, we talked about it, you know, the in the Gobert trade. The goal isn't to win the most regular season games that you possibly can. It's to be ready for the playoffs and, and to win 16 playoff games. That is the goal of ev- should be the goal of every single franchise at the start yep. of the year <laughs> that is what you should be trying to play like make your team for um so i think that you know last year it was a bigger transition year for us we've got a lot more continuity this year um guys aren't aren't trying to figure out their roles you know it took half a season for precious and, and oh, chris to, to accept what they needed to yeah. do in order to stay on the court um it's not that they didn't have the talents that were that they were trying to use it's just that we didn't need them to utilize those talents to the extent that they wanted to um and so they had to take a step back in in the offensive roles you know that they wanted to have but it, it was for the betterment of the team and this year we're coming in we already know about that um we've got our guys we've got our rotation you know our at least our we know who our top five guys guys are yeah. and i think we've got a pretty good idea who you know six to ten is as well our Raptors culture is also strong and we saw it obviously you know talking about Chris talking about Precious and the idea of we are trying to win a championship and if the conversation for each of these players changes from me to we we're gonna provide success and we're gonna be able to get as far as we know this team can go and so it's gonna be a really exciting season ahead of us is there anything else about this season specifically that you want to discuss oh man just that they should like probably cut Svi, take take the L, man. Um, I forgot about Svi. That, that's about it. I, that's, that's the thing. Like, we don't even have to worry about him this year, like trying to show up and trying to be a three-point shooter. Um, you know, uh, Bro Cruz, he, uh, he's he been hitting some some pretty good three clips uh, when given nine. the opportunity. He's six foot nine, uh, so we don't lose that length. Uh, but yeah, man, I... I'm excited for the season. I think that we've got a really good squad. Um, and it'll just be, you know, can we all stay healthy? Can the young guys develop? Is Scotty truly who we think he is? And I, you know, we're both convinced that he is, but we'll see. And the future is bright. The future is literally right now for this team. Not only do we have a team that is relevant and is willing to potentially win 50 games in a regular season and then go on to have playoff success, now, we have almost every one of our draft picks going into the future. We're missing one second-round pick that we owe to the to the Grizzlies for Mark Gasol, who I'll, I'll happily give up that second-round pick for, for Daddy Gasol, but, you know, I'm excited. The Raptors are in such a good place. We've we've discussed over the past few years, you know, that we've been doing this, that, you know, it's crazy how lucky we can be as a franchise, and, and part of that luck is our front office making the right decisions. And so let's hope that the decisions keep happening because the next few seasons are going to be really telling of where our team is going to go are we going to be a team that stays relevant and keeps fighting in the playoffs or are we going to lose our players are we going to mismanage and find ourselves in the bottom half of the teams which i just i don't know if i can see that man there's just so much positivity and consistency that we've seen over the past few years and lebron is not going to exist in the league in a few years so hey here we go honestly man um everybody when the kevin durant trade came about was saying, of course you trade Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant. The goal is to win a championship today. And as much as I agree with the statement that the goal every year should be to win the championship and to be as good as you possibly can be to win the championship, um, I'm going to throw it to hockey here just because it's it's an easy reference for me. Um, You don't want to gut your team in order for one shot because if that shot doesn't work out, then you end up in a situation like the Montreal Canadiens. Mark Bergevin gutted his team in order to put enough pieces around Carey Price and Shea Weber that if everything went right and those two guys played up to like their capabilities and their standard and Shea Weber specifically being able to elevate a team around him because of his leadership style and and quality um, we saw he was that close he was three wins away from a Stanley Cup he was the closest it's ever been in my lifetime I've never seen anything that close for the Montreal Canadiens. Look at them now. They are decimated. They have contract issues everywhere. They have, you know, so many pieces that don't fit on the roster. And 
their new management, while everyone's excited about it, is, is really just trying to flip it on the fly. And so I love that Masai stayed true to himself and stayed true to the, the fact that you want a sustainable winning franchise. You don't just want that one-year championship. He already got it. You know, we got it with Kawhi. Yep. And he's he's sticking true to his guns, and it just makes me happy, man. It's it's the and right the KD call. trade. The KD trade might happen, like for Scotty, if we haven't have made the Kawhi trade, right? If we haven't already been through that, because you don't know where the management feels. But it's such a different situation, right? Because you talk about trading for that one opportunity. The Raptors did it right. We got our opportunity, and we didn't get massively messed over because yeah, KD has three, four years still on his contract, but in a year from now, when he's unhappy, he's gone, right? Kawhi, at least we didn't lose anything. We didn't. We, I mean, we did. We lost Amar and we lost Jakob Pertl, an amazing good center in the current NBA. But we got Very our championship, cool. and we have found our way back to relevancy just a few years later. So I mean, hey, it's a win, and I don't think the KD trade for Scotty would be a win. Well, I think the Kawhi Leonard trade went about as well as you could when you get gutted like that. Like, absolutely, Masai gutted our team. He gutted, you know, Demar and longevity of being a fifty-win, fifty-plus-win team um, for that chance, and it worked out, and it, it went perfect, right? Like, we won the championship in that one year. Yeah. You, you can't say that it didn't work out perfectly. But I think the next two, well, not the next year because we were still like one of the better teams in the NBA. But the year after that, like it showed that you want sustainable winning. You want, you know, a core of players to continue to grow. And when you're, they're getting older, kind of like the Golden State, you have the next young core already in place coming up. So that's, you know, right now we've got the young core coming up. We, you know, we've got Precious, we've got Gary, we've got OG, and we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Scotty Barnes, um, all under the age of 24. Um, all got bright futures. So, hey, man, now's the time, right? It absolutely is right now. And we've got decent contract situation. We've got stuff to break apart. We can save that for next week. I'm not in a rush. We could talk about future picks. We could talk about the the Lowry talking about how he tried to convince Vince Carter to come play for the team, but we got Jeremy Lin instead. Pretty happy we got Jeremy Lin. But that's like the classic Raptors controversy that's going on right now. But honestly, I'm, I'm pretty content, my man. Anything else on your mind? Oh uh, man, no. I think we can just uh, maybe do some hot takes uh, if you're if you're down. I mean, I am happily down. I mentioned it earlier in this episode. A prediction, mystical as it might be for me, you know, I'm I'm combining them together. All right, because one of these is definitely going to happen. The other one could be the opposite. But I'm looking at the T Wolves and the Grizzlies. I want this battle of the animals to happen. Top six team in the West next season for both of them. Neither of them in the plan. I want to see success from them. I don't see why not, man. I like again when you think about the teams ahead of them, um, or in that category. You got Dallas, you got Phoenix, you got the Clippers, you got Golden State, maybe the Lakers. So, and like again, I would put the Grizz and Memphis with what they have in those categories, and maybe even ahead of Phoenix at this point. Because I think Phoenix is taking a step back. You know, Chris Paul is just getting a little bit up there in age, and I love the guy, but. It's just a little bit up there. <laughs> it's going to be a fun season. The West is a bloodbath in certain points. The East is a ridiculous bloodbath. It's good to be back, Matt. I'm always pumped to chat with you about basketball and looking forward to next week, my friend. Yeah, man. I mean, you're going to cut me off before my prediction of the Knicks are definitely not making the playoffs. But, hey, everybody already knew that, so you did. You can just wrap this up. I just didn't want to have Knicks fans have to hear the truth coming out of your mouth. All right, my man. But we shall see. But, yeah, great episode, my friend. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Leave us a follow. Leave us a like. Let us know. Check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.